God is good. It's so good to be here and uh, good to see the sun out and people in the church. Wow. Um, let's open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. Thank you for your goodness in our lives and your faithfulness, Lord. And thank you for allowing us to gather together once again and to praise your name, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would just come and be in our midst, fill our hearts with praise, and Lord, we just acknowledge that you are the one uh, that's worthy to be praised, Lord. It's not about us, but it's about you, Lord. And Lord, as we sing these songs, I pray that um, you would just encourage and refresh our hearts, Lord. Draw us to you. We give you thanks. Thank you for each and every one that's here. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Psalms 84 says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in tents of wickedness. In other words, I'd rather be a doorkeeper at the house of God than to be inside the tent of wickedness. And uh, that's so true. So let's all stand this morning and sing a song called Better Is One Day. Once again to me 
Holy, 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 holy,
I want to see you. Amen. Yes, Lord, we lift your name high this morning, God. You are holy. You are true. You are righteous. You are just, Lord God. You are worthy to be praised. And we're gathered here to lift your name high, Lord. I pray that you would open the eyes of our heart to see your glory, Lord Jesus, because as your word says, by beholding you, we become changed, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the shed blood on Calvary. Thank you for redemption. Thank you for freedom. Thank you that we don't have to live in fear, Lord, or bondage of sin, Lord, because you've set us free, those who are in Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, I want to give a special welcome to all our visitors and especially our seniors this morning. It's so, so good to see you. Thank you for coming. Yes, give me a hand. Um, growing up, my family did nursing home ministry for about 10 years. We went into a nursing home three times a month and sang to uh, the elderly and the seniors. And so I have a special place in my heart for you all. I love it. Love to see you. And... Um, going to sing uh, In Christ Alone, and you can be seated. And after this song, if there's a testimony or a word of encouragement or something you have to share, I just want to open it up. Anyone can share. Um, let's sing In Christ Alone. In Christ Alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are still when striving cease my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless pain, this gift of love and righteousness, Scorned by the ones he came to save Till on that cross as Jesus died The wrath of God was satisfied For every sin on him was laid Here in the death of Christ I There in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. He forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, Precious blood of Christ. 
no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Does anyone have anything to share? Let's open it up for a testimony or a word of encouragement. I would just like to say, uh, keep praying for the seniors and the nursing homes. I know that they're they have a close Wow. Lord Jesus, we just lift up your power, your your name, Lord, over our hearts, over our souls, Lord. We commit our lives again in a fresh and living way to you. Father, you knew this was coming. You knew COVID-19 was coming. And Lord, you have prepared a way for us to walk through with your grace in our hearts, with your love, Lord, securing us so that we don't need to fear, but we can trust in you. And Father, we just lift up the many relationships that are isolated and, and uh, friendships, Lord, that are, have been just kind of at still, Lord. And Father, you know you've created us as social creatures. And so we pray that you would guide us through, Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would restore the relationships to even better than what they were without this, Lord. That you could use this experience to draw us near to you and make us one in you and to cause, Lord, our relationships to be even more precious than ever before. We trust you, Lord, and we pray that you would open the way. Keep us safe in your love and protect our bodies, Lord, and just glorify your name so that our eternal relationships, Lord, can be restored and brought to health and brought to your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Does anyone else have a prayer request or testimony? Here to um, actually we're leaving from here and going straight to Eden Valley. 
with a new body that will never taste of death again. So I pray, Lord, that you would bless our sister. We do pray that you would strengthen her life here on the earth, strengthen her physical body, and, and heal her the more importantly, Father, we pray that you would use this experience to strengthen her relationship with you so that her inner man is sanctified, is set apart for your glory, and is, is refreshed and, and trusting you completely and nothing can remove her from the love of Christ. Oh, bless her, I pray, this next two weeks when we lift her up to you for your healing touch, your strengthening touch in Jesus' name. So I was um, I was just looking at the or, yeah the phrase from life's first cry to final breath Jesus commands my destiny. Um, I'm just thinking a lot about uh, tomorrow. A year ago, um, my dad went to be with Jesus, and um, and then Thursday I so I'm a midwife student, but Thursday I um, attended a birth. Well, it was Friday actually, and a little girl was born. And just seeing the the cycle of life and. Um, I just want to praise the Lord that that He um, commands my destiny. None of those things are are outside of His realm of um, sovereign care, and uh, so I just want to lift His name up this morning. Let's sing a song. Sing a song called What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And some of you probably know the story of how this song was written, but there was a man, um, his name was Joseph Scriven, and he, was, he lived in Scotland and uh, was engaged to be married. The day before the wedding, his wife to be was riding a horse, and the horse tripped and fell, and she was knocked into a creek, was knocked out and drowned uh, the day before their wedding. And so he moved to Canada, and um, a number of years later, he was engaged to be married again, and three weeks before the wedding, she fell sick with uh, some sort of fever and passed away three weeks before their wedding. So as a man who knows a lot of loneliness and a lot of uh, grief, but he wrote this song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Trouble anywhere 
been sung here. Um, it's called The Lord is My Salvation. Some of you may know it, but hopefully we have the words for it. Well, you guys can, you can Google it probably. You can probably oh, Google it. The Lord, yeah. Just Google The Lord is My Salvation by Keith Getty. of God has reached for me and pulled me from a raging sea and I am safe on the solid ground the Lord is my salvation I will not fear 
fear when darkness falls. His strength will help me scale these walls. I'll see the dawn of the rising sun. The Lord is my salvation. Who is like the Lord our God, strong to save, faithful in love? My debt is paid, and the victory won. The Lord is my salvation. My hope is hidden in the Lord. He flowers each promise of His Word. When winter fades, I know spring will come. The Lord is my salvation. In times of waiting, times of peace. When I know loss, when I am weak, I know His grace will renew these days. The Lord is my salvation. Who is like the Lord our God, strong to save my final day. He will not leave me in the grave, but I will rise. He will call me home. The Lord is my Dead is 
Amen. Does anyone else have a testimony or anything to share? According to the calendar, today is the day of Pentecost. That's when God poured out the Holy Spirit on those in the upper room. And it's just good to think about that. This morning we're together. And it's because of that outpouring of the Holy Spirit back 2,020-some years ago. I'm so thankful for that. Now we could also be filled with that same Spirit that was poured out then. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's all stand up for one more song. Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. i 
set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing shall soon dissolve like snow the sun forbid to shine but God who called me here below will be forever mine will be forever mine. You are forever mine. Uh, you may be seated and we'll have the children come forward. figure it out. You guys remember that? We only sang it on live stream though, right? I'm going to have to try to remember if I can remember all these words. Only a boy named Only a boy named David Only a rippling only a boy named David, but he could play and sing. Only a boy named David, only a rippling brook. Only a boy named David, but five little stones he What's the second verse of that? Okay, never mind that. All right, another one? Huh? 
king of the jungle. All right. D G. Who's the king of the jungle? Who's the king of the sea? Who's the king of the universe? And who's the king of me? I tell you, J-E-S-U-S, yes, he's the king of me. He's the king of the universe, the jungle and the sea. Who's the king of the jungle? Who's the king of the sea? Who's the king of the universe? And who's the king of me? I tell you, J-E-S-U-S, yes, he's the king of me. He's the king of the universe, the jungle and the sea. Boy, we messed that up. <laughs> All right. Um, um, I got the joy, 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 joy. But I actually want to hear you guys actually say something. Wyatt, I know you got big lungs. I've heard you on the playground. <laughs> so all the kids have to say, where? All right, you got that part? Okay. Um, gee again. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart. Oh, no, 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 no. Man, Wyatt, what happened? Oh, wow. The first time was really good. Second time was better, and then it just fell off. Hmm. Okay, let's try that again. Kive. Uh, I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart, I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. Much, much better. <laughs> you know, do you feel self-conscious saying it really loud? Is that what, is that hard? Is that, it's not really self I don't feel like weird. See, sometimes that's just how God likes us to feel. Just a little bit. Because we're not supposed to be worried about others. We're supposed to be worried about giving him all the glory. I don't know if where gives him a lot of glory, but um, all right, another one. Sing one more. 
Wrapped up, tied up. You guys all want to sing that one? Okay. You want to spread out enough to do it? Because it's going to be enough room. There we go. That way you guys don't all run into each other. <laughs> or not. <laughs> all right. And if you adults get bored, stand up and try to join them. Especially our seniors. <laughs> Gee again. Mm, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in God. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side to side. Inside, outside, side to side. Inside, outside, side to side in God. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right in the downright, living right. Upright, downright, living right in God. Put them all together. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, inside, outside, side to side. Upright, downright, living right in God. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, inside, outside, side to side, upside down, right, living right in God. Good job. You can go back. Those of you that are local here and are here for the first time, it is a pleasure to have you here. Uh, as you know, we just uh, moved into the area in February. We had about four church services and then COVID-19 came along. And so this feels kind of like our opening service once again here in this community. And we're called Redeemed Community Church, and we want to be a community church. We want you to be a part of us, and we are so glad you're here. Please come again, come regularly as much as you can, and be a part of the community church. We're so excited to have you here. And 
Everyone else, too, our visitors, some of you uh, are here for the first time as well. Thank you, and thank you for coming, and welcome. And we invite you to uh, join in with us in worship and in praise. Thank you so much to the praise and worship team, the kids, for singing. It just, uh, it sounds so much better when, when there's an audience here. You know, as part of the uh, tech team, I've been here pretty much every Sunday for the last eight weeks, uh, helping with our live broadcast. And when there's just three, four, six people in the building, I tell you, it's just not the same. So it's, it's great to be standing up here and looking at all of your faces. Thank you so much for coming. So just for a few announcements, um, and for those of you that are here with us the first time, we do have coffee and water back in the foyer. Please help yourselves to that. Restrooms are to my left, your right, back the hall there, straight back there. And uh, we kind of have an all-day event going on here today, so feel free to be here for as much of it or all of it or whatever your preference is. After the sermon here, we'll be dismissed and we'll have a meal here. We're going to have a cookout, grill up some hamburgers and hot dogs and uh, have a great time of, of fellowship. And I'm sure uh, all you uh, young people are going to want to have some activities. We've got the volleyball court out there and, and all these uh, kind of things here at the this facility that we have now. So uh, you're welcome to stay the entire afternoon. Uh, please do join us for the meal. You are welcome. We got plenty of food. And then later this afternoon, late this afternoon, four o'clock, we're going to have an outdoor uh, music event. Um, we'll have our praise team and some others singing as well. There'll be food trucks here. So you're welcome to uh, drive in and sit in your cars, uh, have lawn chairs uh, out there. The uh, music will be set up there in, in the tent facing the parking lot and it's we did that uh, about a month or so ago and it was a really great time and we look forward to doing that again. So uh, join us for that as well. And in this time that we find ourselves in with all our uh, regulations, recommendations, social distancing, all those kind of things. I know that uh, everybody is at a little different place on that, what you feel is necessary, what you should or shouldn't do, and that's fine. We, we welcome that, but I would just ask that we be mindful of, of other people's uh, preferences and that uh, we do uh, follow as much social distancing as we can, and just be mindful of that at least, and mindful of other people's preferences. So uh, we'll have a sermon by our pastor, Phil, and uh, after that he'll close the service and we'll have the meal. But before I give the time over to him, let's bow our heads for prayer. Thank you, Father, for this time that you have allowed us to come together again in this way. It's such a blessing to see all the faces here, those from this community, those from other areas. It is so great to see your children coming together to worship you 
and to hear from you. And I pray that we would be blessed and encouraged this morning by the singing, which we already have been encouraged by that, and by your word. I pray that you would open your word to us and that we would hear from heaven, that we would hear from you, and that your word would make a difference, make a change in each one of our lives. We thank you and praise you for what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that was lovely. Amen. Thank you, praise team, for that time. And uh, before I open uh, the word of God to you, I just also want to welcome, we have a little baby uh, who was born to uh, David and Heidi Hale, who is here for the first time, Andrew. Let's give him a welcome. He's in the building somewhere, so I think that's precious. The gift of life. You may turn your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 4, if you have a Bible or your uh, phone or tablet. In Mark chapter 4, the boys and I were going through this the other night. This story that Jesus spoke to those who were around him. And it's quite a story because it fits into everyone's life. There is no person who has been alive, is alive, or will be alive who this story doesn't fit into your life. It is you. It is me. One part of this story is our story, is your story, and is my story. Chapter 4 of Mark verse 1. And he began to teach again by the sea. I like how Jesus liked the sea. How many of you guys like the sea? I love the sea. If I want a vacation, the most, most vacation, relaxing spot is somewhere by the ocean. Not the crowds, not the sun and the beach, just the water, hearing the waves. And you'll notice as you read the Gospels, Jesus loved the sea. He often went by the seashore. And there he taught the people. And such... A very great multitude gathered to him, and he got into a boat in the sea and sat down. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And as he was teaching them many things in parables, and was saying to them in his teaching, Listen to this. Now when Jesus says, listen to this, it means he wants you to take careful attention to it. As a parent, you parents all understand this, right? When we're talking to our kids, sometimes we talk in the busyness of life and where moms may be in the kitchen and they're answering questions or they're saying, hey honey, would you do this or would you help with that? Or as a dad, I'm out sometimes. We homeschool the boys and sometimes they go with me uh, on, on deliveries and things like that. And I'll just, we, we give them instructions as we work. But if there's something you really want them to get, you stop. You look them in the eye and say, hey, Lucas, listen. Listen to this, right? You want their attention. Now, Jesus, it tells us, was telling them many parables that are not recorded for us today. We don't know all the parables that he spoke. Only some were recorded because the Gospel of John 
John tells us at the end of his gospel that he supposes that if everything was written down that Jesus said and did, the world could not contain the books. That's how many things Jesus did and said. So we only have a little, a few written down for us. And Jesus was giving them story after story, and then he stops. And can you imagine the crowd on the seashore? The kids were probably running and playing, and there was a great multitude, and some were sitting there trying to listen, and I doubt it was quite the atmosphere that is here today. And Jesus, looking out over the multitude, all of a sudden, something really, a passion, I believe, gripped his heart. Because he was sharing with them many things and perhaps many were distracted. And so Jesus, I can imagine, would lift up his voice and said, Hey you all, listen to this. Listen to this. And everyone gets quiet. Okay? Behold, a sower went out to sow. And it came about... That as he was sowing, some of the seeds fell beside the road. And the birds came and ate it. It was bird feed. But only the birds got that seed. That's all that happened with that seed. The intent of that seed was lost to birds. Immediately the birds, seeing the seed, come and get it. Another seed fell on the rocky ground. As you go a little further from the road, typically there's more rocky ground. There's not very often very fertile soil right beside the road, unless a farmer has intentionally cultivated it that way. So some of the seed fell on that rocky ground where it didn't have much soil. So if there's only a little bit of soil, the seed goes down, but it sprouts very quickly. However, that's not the end of that story, is it? That seed immediately sprang up because it had no depth of soil, but when the sun comes up, it's risen, it is scorched. Why is it scorched? Can someone tell me? Why is it scorched? What happens when the sun hits a plant? Where does it draw its moisture from? The sun? Where? Its roots, right? The ground. If the ground is moist, the sun is a blessing because it has moisture and sunlight. And that's what gives it health. But this had no moisture. The ground was sandy, rocky. No moisture. And so as soon as the sun comes up and hits it, it just withers away. And it yielded no crop. And other seeds fell into the good soil, where it was tilled, where there was moisture. And as they grew up, increased. And they yielded a crop and produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. And he was saying, now can you imagine, this crowd, this great multitude, had stopped to probably listen. But already, they got distracted. So Jesus found it necessary to say this again. Look what he said 
in verse, uh, in verse 9. Hey you, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Hey all you who have ears. Anyone? Anyone don't have ears? You got ears? Listen to this. Let him hear. And as soon as he was alone, and that was it. That was all the crowd got, by the way. Jesus was done preaching. What would you do? Would you walk away and say, boy, that was a good sermon. Would you walk away scratching your head going, what did Jesus mean by that? I think the multitude dispersed and they all probably went home, ate lunch, thought a little bit about Jesus' nice story and said, yeah, it's kind of the way it is, isn't it? But a few weren't content with that. They didn't just want a good story from Jesus. They wanted more. Verse 10, And as soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables. Hey, Jesus, what was that about? That story. And he was saying to them, To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, get everything in parables. What Jesus was saying was, if you're content with a good story from God, that's all you'll get. Life is a good story. But you're never content because good stories don't do anything for you. Except, it's a good story. That's it. But when a trial comes on Monday and things don't go well for you, there's nothing in that good story that'll help you. When someone gets sick and you, you feel the pain and the, and the hurt for them and when someone dies or when, when some trial comes into your life, a good story doesn't do anything for you. You forget about the story, right? You completely forget about that good story. But if you want more from Jesus than good stories, my friends, come and ask him. And he'll explain the story. And the story will become a truth that'll enter into your ears and settle down into your heart that you'll, it'll change your life. It'll change the way you think about Monday morning Wednesday night or Friday night when things go well or when the trial hits you, that truth will be a vessel that'll take you into God's way for your life. It'll transport you out of what you can see and hear into God's purpose and plan for that experience in your life. And instead of just a good story, it becomes a vehicle you know, God gives us his truth, much like I think as a dad, once our boys grow up and they become 16 or 17, probably six, they're probably going to be pushing me to 15, because in Colorado you can get a license or a permit at least when you're 15, Dave and Faith, and maybe a few others know this experience pretty recently, right? It's like, Dad, when can I get my license? Mom, when can I start driving, Right? There's this excitement that they're already talking about. They're just 11 and 10 and they want a car. And I'm like, what do you want a car for? We should buy that car for me. Really? What would you do with that car? You can't drive it. But one day they can. 
God gives truth for a purpose to be a vehicle. And it would be like as if I would give Michael his first car. And I'd, I'd drive it in here for him. He's got his license. He's now legally a driver. And he would take that car and he would polish that car and he would shine it up and he would sit in it and feel it and all he would talk about is that car to all his friends and all he would be excited about that car, but that's all he would do with it. Talk about it, look at it, shine it up every day, tell his friends about it, but he would never use that car. And he had a job downtown here. He'd have to walk five miles to get to job. And he'd keep walking. Oh, he doesn't want to use the car. It's too new. It's too pretty. He doesn't want to mess it up. Because he knows if he would get into that car and he'd start driving, that car would lose its shine, right? It would become useful, but the, the tires would begin to wear and, and the engine would begin to run and he'd have to change the oil and the inside would, as he uses it, wouldn't stay just so beautifully shined and clean. And That's how many people relate to Jesus' truth. If you see a good story and that's all Jesus is to you, He'll be somebody you talk about. He'll be somebody maybe you praise. He might be somebody you sing to, but you won't use Him. He will not change your life. The truth has no use for you. It doesn't help you get to work. It doesn't bring you back. It doesn't fulfill God's purpose and design for the truth in your personal life every day. But you see, when you take God's glorious truth and you begin to take it into your physical body, this physical body, into your thought life, into your heart, and you begin to work that out, it doesn't stay all pretty and beautiful like you had imagined it when you first heard it. It becomes life, your life, my life. And sometimes the truth loses its shine a bit. But Jesus is okay with that. He told us that when this truth is taken into a good heart, some only brings forth 30-fold, some only 60%, and some 100. There's a varied use of the truth. And sometimes you and I get lost in that usefulness of the truth. And because it doesn't look so glorious and pretty as it does when you read your Bible, we just keep the kind, you know, the truth kind of tucked right here in our Bibles and we keep it on our shelf and it, it stays pretty but not useful. Which one is it to you, my friend? This truth that Jesus is about to explain to us, will it stay like a beautiful, pretty car in your parking lot but never get you to where you want to go? Where you're going, eternity, is where every one of us are going. One day, every soul will stand before God at the door of eternity. Where the soul doesn't die, Jesus said. What will Jesus' truth do for you then? It will only do for you then what it does for you now. If the car is still in the parking lot, all pretty and shiny, and you're struggling your way through life, and you're sweating it out, and you think, well, this is just the way it is. God gave me legs to walk. And so I'm going to walk. 
you'll struggle if you're in your if you are a Christian and you do believe in Jesus Christ and you have repented from your sins and you've been born where he's brought his spirit into your spirit and he's made you alive like it tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 you who have been dead now he has made alive to God even then you can take Jesus truth and it becomes a struggle in your life but perhaps you haven't even been born of the spirit and you've heard Jesus' words, you've heard the Bible stories, maybe when you were a child and they took you to Sunday school and all your life you heard, like the multitude, stories that Jesus has said. But all it's ever been to you has been a story. It's never been a vehicle of truth that you can get into it. You can get into that truth and that truth begins to transport you through from one experience to another with a power that is not your own with a design and a purpose that you haven't come up with you see I haven't designed vehicles most of us here probably haven't I don't even understand how it all works I can't even fix most of it if it breaks down I just know it works I know it's been designed and I know that when I go and I turn that key an engine starts and if I put it in the gear, it takes me somewhere so I don't have to do it on my own strength. This is how Jesus' truth is designed for you and I. With that same purpose to take you and I to where we're going, not on our own leg strength, but with the power and the help of the Holy Spirit. His purpose, His power, His strength working in us. Listen to this. You have ears this morning? Anyone? Hear this, Jesus is saying. And he said to them, verse 13, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones who are beside the road. Is this you? Are you roadside material? There's probably some part of every one of us that has been or is roadside material. Is there any word that Jesus has spoken to you through his word that has not been left by the roadside and you've been robbed from its power, from its transporting truth to change you from where you are now to another perspective? To another experience to a peace that surpasses understanding to a love that wipes out all fear and anxiety from your heart to a joy that doesn't come from happiness things that happen in your life but comes from heaven his presence where there's fullness of joy Or have you been robbed? When they hear, immediately Satan comes. So you and I haven't seen this with our physical eyes. But in case you don't know it, Satan is right here. Right now. He's like a bird. There's this nasty crow over here in the park. I don't know if some of you guys heard that bird when you're walking or you see that bird. But he is super annoying. Super annoying. Every time we go to walk Bosker, our dog, that bird flies from tree to tree. Right, boys? 
oh, I want to shoot that bird. I told the boys, bring your BB gun. Some morning we're just going to go out and pop that thing. After, I mean, he just follows us around the whole park and then we go down around the other park. He follows, that's his turf. And he sure lets us know about it. And he'll swoop right down close to us. We're not going to shoot it. We know better. We'll put up with him. But I won't put up with the devil in my life. I don't need to. And you don't either. And the devil's a crow. And he's right here, right now, looking at what you're going to do with Jesus' teaching. Because he wants to rob it from you. Are you going to let him? Or are you going to listen carefully to this truth and to the truth that Jesus speaks to you in your heart through his word, through his Holy Spirit? If you let him, he will rob. You're robbed. That's it. A robber doesn't give you a choice, right? Someone who comes to rob is intent on taking what's yours. And if you allow him, he will be very happy to take what's yours. He doesn't ask permission. He's going to take it. And the only way to deal with a robber is to be alert, watchful, and protect. Stand vigilant. And the robber stays away. To take a word and secure it. And that's how we can do with Jesus' words. Take the words, hide it in our heart so that we don't sin against you, David said. Thy word I have hid in my heart. I let it go into my ear and I hide it in my heart and the devil can't rob anything in my heart. The only thing he can rob is what falls by the wayside in one ear and out the other. That's what he robs. Nothing can be robbed within the treasure of your own heart. But some, they just are okay with Jesus' words becoming bird feed in your life. And in a similar way, these are the ones, verse 16, on whom seed was sown on rocky places. And when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. Maybe you're one of those. And you're here this morning, and you've walked through this week, and you heard Jesus speak to you, and you're like, yeah! That was a good sermon. Yeah, that was an awesome praise time. But someone asks you tonight, what was it about? You go, hmm, can't remember. I've been there. I've done that. I couldn't remember. It doesn't mean that we must remember every word. What it means is we don't get robbed of the truth. That was spoken into our heart because we've taken into our heart. And you know the sure way to not get robbed of the truth? There's just one simple word in the English language that secures it. Can someone guess what? How do you not get robbed? Memorize? Nope. Huh? Repent? Sure, that's all part of it though. It's not the word I want though. Obey. obey. Just take the truth and obey it. Now I want to use just a real practical illustration. When I tell one of my boys to go feed the dog or feed the rabbits. And they say, sure dad. But they keep playing with the toys. They keep doing what they're doing. Hey honey, go feed the rabbits. Sure dad. Hey honey, are you glad you got rabbits? Yes, I love my rabbits. 
Okay, maybe you should feed them. Oh, I know, I want them to, you know, stay healthy and alive. I should feed them. I'll, I'll do it sometime. Okay, 20 minutes later, hey honey, did you feed the rabbits? Oh no, dad, I forgot. I'll, I'll do it when I'm done here. Do you know procrastination is a wonderful tool in Satan's hand to rob God's people of truth that would transport their lives. I've been there. You've been there. The question isn't, have we been there? The question is, what will you do about it? Are you okay with that? I'm not. I'm not okay with Satan in here robbing me. And I'm also not okay with just talking about the truth and rejoicing in it. But tomorrow morning, Tuesday night, Thursday afternoon, or Saturday, you're out there doing life. And something happens that just tweaks you. The sun comes up and it's scorching heat hits you. You begin to sweat and you begin to, this, this trial isn't pleasant. This day has turned from a nice, cool, breezy morning into a hot summer day in your life. And you think about the truth that Jesus said, you go, yeah, well, it doesn't fit here. Or maybe you don't even think about it. It just scorches you. And again, there's no truth to transport you through that experience and make it a gift from God in your life. All things work together for good to them who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose, Romans 8 tells us. Do they? Do they? Or is that truth not really true in your life? Not really true. Some things. Not all things, Lord. You didn't really know what you're talking about. You stretched it a little bit, God. I know you're perfect, but me, I'm not. That car, Dad, you said it has 300 horsepower. I don't know anything about cars. John, John's laughing already. That car, you know, is supposed to do this and so, go so fast in 60 seconds or whatever they all say. They talk about the... I step on the gas and it doesn't do anything for me, Dad. Really? Have you driven it? Well, no, but in my sleep, you know, I think about it. Doesn't do anything. Hmm. Maybe that's why God's truth doesn't work in your life so well. They have no firm root in themselves, but only temporary. Then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. Done with this. People are fake. People are hypocrites. Most of God's people sing about the truth. They talk about the truth. But look at their life. It's not perfect. Pfft, forget it. The world we live in is full of people like that. Even the church. Even the preachers are tempted with that thought. Almost every day. Will you allow that doubt to choke out the truth being made useful in your life. Because you don't see it 
as perfect. The car now is, you know, not as shiny and the inside is messy and someone told you that this car is immaculate and awesome and it's becoming useful in life and it's lost its beauty shine. And so you're disillusioned by the whole thing. And you say, forget that dumb car. I'm not going to use that car. I'll walk. Will you walk because the truth isn't beautiful in other people's lives? Many people do. Truth is choked out, unfruitful, because of the sun. 18, verse 18, and others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but oh, my life is so busy. Jesus totally gets it. My life is busy, man. You know, isn't your life busy? Isn't your life full? I mean, I'll, I'll sneak a little word in in the morning and I'll say my prayers at night and maybe I'll give God an hour on Sunday morning or, I mean, preacher, keep it short. Come on. Don't you know it's almost 25 minutes now, Phil? I got to go eat. I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. Yep. The worries of this world. Oh, man. What's going to happen with this COVID-19 thing? Am I going to lose? I lost my job. What's going to happen? Am I going to lose my house? Am I Why just the worry? Who in this room ex is exempt? Have you never worried? Never been anxious even once? The question is not that. We know that's all within our own hearts. What will you do about it? That anxiety, does it control you? Or will you allow the words of Jesus to take control over your thoughts, over your attitude, and over your words and actions when that anxiety hits you? When the anxiety hits you out of nowhere, like a flash flood, that's how they come, right? Jesus said so. In Luke chapter 6 and in Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, we call it, Jesus said, he who hears my words and does them, or there's people who hear my word and they're too busy. They don't do them. And you know what happens to every one of us? There's a flash flood. All of a sudden, this pretty beautiful day. There's a thunderstorm that comes up, right? We've seen that one last night, the night before. And out of nowhere, there's lightning, there's thunder, there's rain, heavy rain. And water comes where there has not been any water. My house was, I mean, it looked nice and solid. Just like your house. Very prettily well built. And when the water hits your life, you either stand or fall. Will it wash away Jesus' truth from your life? Or will the truth remain? The difference is, in Luke chapter 6, Jesus said, both houses were built well, but there was a difference. One had a foundation. One dug deep and laid a foundation. So when the flood hit him out of nowhere, the thoughts towards God, God's thoughts didn't go away from his mind. When that anxiety hits you out of nowhere through the day, what happens to your thought life? What happens to your attitude? What happens to your praise? 
Does it remain? Or does it just, it's gone. Totally gone. I don't know where that, that was for my little quiet time with God. Didn't remain. This is true in every one of our lives. It either remains or it washes away. The truth of Jesus Christ. The worries of the world. The deceitfulness of riches. You know what? how riches deceive you? Jesus gave us another parable on that one. Remember the story? The boys and I read this the other night. Where Jesus said there was a rich man. He was, he was really blessed. He planted, he had a lot of crops. And he had an abundant harvest. And it filled his barns and his barns couldn't even contain everything that he had. So he said to himself, what shall I do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to build bigger barns. So that I can say to myself, oh soul, you've got it made. Let's retire. Just take it easy. For the rest of your life, you can retire. And then God spoke. What did God say to this man? You fool. Tonight, you will die. And then whose will these be? So is the man who is not rich towards God. And that's how God's truth is in your life. It's either rich in you or poor. And if it's... See, riches give a sense of confidence. Have you ever... Have you felt the difference? All of a sudden, there's a... Just a flush. You're flush with money. And... What do you... You just get all depressed about that? How many of you get depressed about that? You're just like, Oh no, what am I going to do with all this money? Oh, this is terrible. No, we go... Wow, I got, a, I got a lot of money. What am I going to do with this? I can spend. And somehow there's a weird thing about spending. I don't know if you feel this or not, but I do. It feels good to be able to spend money. It's weird that way. You're giving away your money, but somehow it makes you feel good, like powerful or something. You ever felt that? Or am I the only one in this room? Like, Am I a stranger here? No, you felt it too, right? Deceitfulness of riches. And if you trust in it, Proverbs 23 tells us they take wings, it goes away, but it can fool you. And the desire for other things enter in and they choke out the word and becomes unfruitful. You know what I've noticed in my life? A lot of money is distracting from this. You know how so? I just don't need it so badly anymore somehow. I feel confident. You know, I'm good. I can get up in the morning. I'm busy. I got a lot of money. I got to work, make more money. I, it, it creates a little bubble, like a greenhouse effect over us. But it's not the real world. It creates like a greenhouse effect. We can flourish in that. But the moment a wind comes along or a storm comes and it tears off the greenhouse, we wither up and die. The greenhouse was fake the deceitfulness of riches. The moment the money goes, what happens to your confidence then? You remain very strong and self-confident. You still remain joyful, rejoicing, or do you get worried, stressed out, anxiety, depressed? 
the deceitfulness of riches will fool you. Unless. And those are the ones on whom the seed was sown on the good soil. They hear the word and they accept it. They take it in. They see the car and they use it. And it makes their life much more useful. They hear the word, they accept it, and bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. Whosoever has ears to hear, let him hear, Jesus says. Are you listening? Because Jesus spoke. And one of four things is going to happen with what Jesus spoke to your heart this morning. Either you're already robbed, or you will be, or you'll be scorched, or you'll be choked this week, or the fourth, you'll bear fruit. Jesus' words are, they'll become your life. What? Jesus said, don't be anxious for anything. Okay, how do I deal with that, Jesus? And you look at his word. You come to him and you put your faith and trust in him and he lifts you above it. He transports you out of that trial. The trial doesn't change, but you change. Your inner man changes. Your attitude, your thought life, your words remain in Christ. This is what Jesus has come to do. Make a real difference in our lives, dear friends. Make a real difference. Yes, he came to forgive our sins, and that makes a huge difference, but he's also came to give us the way of life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14. Let him be your way, your truth, and your life. And if you accept his words, hide it in your heart. You don't have to do it on your own strength. You've got a vehicle of truth that will transport you through any trial, any flood, any experience to cause you to stand before God and praise Him, thank Him, and be changed to be like Him. See things from the way He sees them more and more. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your truth. I pray that You, Lord Jesus, would be exalted and lifted up like you never were before in our lives this morning by transporting us in this truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. There it is. Now it's your turn to do something with the truth of God's Word. Um, so we're going to dismiss. It looks like some of the guys are out there already cooking burgers and hot dogs. And uh, if you're comfortable with it, we invite you to stay and hang out, like Anthony said. Enjoy food and good fellowship and, uh, and mutual encouragement. There he is. There he is. <laughs> Little Andrew. You want to say something, David? Yeah, sure. I would love to. No, I, I would just like to... Thanks to those of you who were there when we prayed for this little guy. He was uh, under six weeks long in the womb. And if any of you, some of you know our story, we have been told twice that we shouldn't have any children from professional doctors. And Lord, now has still given us four. We had several miscarriages, and the Lord really encouraged me just to ask the church to pray for him and to birth him in prayer. And uh, the Lord 
gave us a perfect pregnancy and birth after that. So it was a real, real blessing. Mm -hmm. I always am touched by how God brings children, especially when you've had trials, which I know a lot of people here have, but yes. what some of the world would call us something to be discarded can be this. And uh, it's just amazing. Amen. It's a wonderful thing. It's definitely, I, I see almost all children as a complete miracle from God, mm. especially when you've been through some of the stuff we have in the womb. It's been a, try, a, a journey, but it's really caused me to know that all of the gifts of God, and I absolutely love our children, and grateful to be able to raise them. I really believe that God makes each one of them for a purpose. Yes. He gives them to us as a gift to take care of, to raise, to uh, bring as much as we can to His glory. And so that's my uh, call, and that's what I have asked Him several times, and that's what I'd ask Him mm. for, is that we wanted to see the Lord with Him with us this time, and He did. We pray for Him that He'll grow up to be a man of God, too. Could we pray over the hails? Heidi, would you mind coming up with the kids? And maybe some of you, whoever wants to, can come on up and we'll just kind of circle them and praise God and dedicate this baby to Him. And He's a gift and an answer to prayer. We've really prayed over this pregnancy and God has answered this prayer. And we just want to thank Him and bless Him. Each one of us physically and also Lord now you offer eternal life and so we pray Lord as he Andrew grows up as you stand there and you knock on his door on the heart of uh, his on the door of his heart and you offer him eternal life that he will also accept it receive it from you and he would grow up Lord to love you and to allow your truth be useful in his life and he would become a useful person that you can use on the earth to build your kingdom and Lord, whatever stands in his life, whatever you have prepared for him to walk through, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you, would, um, that you would equip him and pour your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit over David and Heidi as they train their children, as they raise him up, Lord, in your fear, that you alone would be exalted and he would know all his life that he is a gift. He's a gift from God. Let each one of us know that, Lord, that we are a gift that you have given, Lord, and we are in your love. We're a gift of love. Help us to understand and to know that love. And little Andrew as well, in Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you for the answer of prayer, Lord, that Andrew is, and he is here with us. And Lord, we know that you have all the power, Lord, to succeed in these little things that may seem so small, but we have to Yes.